And if all there aren't good, probably not the eight. These are the consequences of one tricking. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Stat Check. This feels this is going to be a very scuffed episode. I'm just going to say that right off the bat, um, because this evening it is myself, Jeremy, uh, and Anthony. Neither of us who are used to doing anything along the lines of running the show. We're usually just here and cool. Um, we should do the plugs by just being like, check the link in the description for all the plugs and just keep. It I put in. a lot of work in the link in the description, so That's yes, what I'm saying. I will do that. Yeah, and it still has to read them all out every week. But us, we're just like, yeah, it's right there, bro. Just click the shit. That's right down there. Hundred percent. All right, Anthony, how are you doing this weekend or after um, the weekend? My weekend was pretty good. What did I do this weekend? Um, oh, I did some some growing the locals, some teaching the the folks nearby, some of the game stuff. Um, so I spent most of Saturday at Rogue State Games. Um, actually, I'm wearing a hoodie from there right now. Um, the Played four games or was participant in four games. Um, it was a pretty good time. Um, Predators and CSM and Death Guard are both pretty good. Um, my wing of Demon Prince is still quite bad. Makes me very sad. Um, <laughs> I try not to be too depressed about that. Uh, I charged a mana core, got the full six mortal wounds on the charge, still failed to kill it. Um, oh. Just just depressing. <laughs> that thing is so bad now. Anyway. Sword. What? Strength is his sword. Eight. Okay. Yeah. All right. Six attacks, exploding fives. Uh, eight, two, three. Kills Marines real good? Not particularly, but sure. I think the math is he doesn't go through an armor of contempt squad. Anyway, um, so <laughs> he used to kill God. Um, so, yeah, um, for the most part, I had a pretty exciting weekend. Um, I don't think there's been anything else super exciting happening. Uh, I've been doing a shitload of getting ready for Pyra. We got like some rooms assigned and some stuff like that. Um, bought my plane ticket for ETC Euro Trash Cup in March. So, oh, that's very that's, exciting. Yeah, I get in on like the Friday morning when the events on the Saturday. So I get in on like Friday morning at like seven a.m. at the airport. So I messaged Dino and was like, "Free up your Friday." <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, for anyone not familiar, uh, where and when is the Euro Trash Cup? In so Euro Trash Cup is March fifteenth and sixteenth, I want to say, or sixteenth and seventeenth, something in that window. Third week um, in March, and it is an eight-person teams event that is mostly national teams, and the team that I am on, which is Belgium United, uh, which is let's see if I can do the whole roster without missing anybody. Uh, Typhus, Pumba, Mycin, me. Jack, John, Brian, Innes, David, um, which is more than eight, you'll note. So, uh, <laughs> I also love that you guys are called Belgian United. Oh, and Liam, obviously. Um, oh, okay. So now you are a Belgian team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure we have Liam. 99% sure. Sounds right. Um, I think that's how we're Belgium United, because very technically we needed like the Belgian captain or something. I don't know how exactly it works. I just work here. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, so it's funny because like we want to talk about Army Comp, but like a bunch of us are going to Pyra. 
so we can't talk about army comp yet because we have to wait for Pyrolists to go live and then we can talk about comp. So, um, so David and Brian immediately popped up in, in chat saying there is no Liam on your team. Oh, yeah. See, we didn't have Liam. I forgot. I forget. <laughs> There's so many team events now. Like we have them for Champs Cup. We do. I forget. Um, so never mind. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's gonna be sweet. Eight person teams event be a bunch of fun. Um, Thanks. once we can actually talk about comps, what else? What else was last week? Oh, we're scrimming Ignite, like Team USA is scrimming Ignite. That's gonna be pretty fun. Um, I'm not involved in that past, like <laughs> me being like, hey, you guys should do this. Um, and now they're doing it, so good luck, boys. Um, so yeah, that'll be exciting. Uh, I don't think there's anything else too wild going on. Oh, my local is running an RTT. Was like, oh, we'll just run an RTT, no big deal. Forty people. So hell yeah, we, we can't convert it to a GT because like a bunch of the people that signed up like signed up on the premise of playing one day of Warhammer. So it's just going to be a wild ass RTT. I mean, um, it just shows that there's demand for a GT, probably. I mean, there was. I mean, that's what happens when there's no tournaments in the zone for i don't know a long time yeah uh so that's cool Uh, i think that's pretty much it um yeah that's all that was my weekend it was long (laughs) how was yours yeah mine was equally long um i ran a gt and hilariously i think this is the first gt i've run in i think since july because I've done other like smaller judging bigs, but I've actually been playing a lot. So this weekend we had the Ottawa Winter Open, a uh, nice little small event, 28 players at the, the Red Dragon here in Ottawa. Um, shout out to Dan, as always, for providing us the store, the terrain, all of that, and then just basically letting me put all of the ticket money that we didn't spend on food back into the prize pool. Mm. Nice. Um, yeah, always great. Um, fantastic weekend. Uh, I want to shout out the players, especially. Uh, I'll go through like how everyone did, but I want to shout out the players, especially because there was not a single person that dropped. Oh, nice. Cool. We started with 28 people on Saturday morning and Sunday when round five finished, there were 28 people playing. So I was nice. just like, hell yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, that's sweet. Um, yeah, it turns out when you just do raffle prizes for everything and like you're raffling off like combat patrols, people like to stick around. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was pretty fun. Uh, we did, as usual, WTC terrain, differential scoring, as we always do up here. Uh, yeah. Uh, we played. The, the missions were a little bit weirder. Um, I still took mostly Leviathan Tournament Companion missions, but I wanted to have some fun. Um, so day two was Sites of Power into. Oh, no. Was it Rich? Ah, I'm just going <laughs> to open up the damn player pack. But, anyways. Um, so. First thing about this event that was that made me exceptionally happy was the top table on day five or round five was John Winter Russell versus Alice Brethwick. Both of them had never won a GT before. Oh snap! So both one it was funny at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the round, I was like you guys both told me this earlier so I got I got to make fun of you. One of you is gonna gonna break that streak down. One of you is gonna win your first ever GT. They both kind of looked at me and said you can't put that kind of pressure on us. Yeah, one of you will win a GT right now, unless you draw. Uh, no, even if they drew. Oh, okay. <laughs> but only had 28 players. Right. Uh, John was going into the round with four wins, uh, and then Alice was going into the round with three wins and a draw. Ah, okay. So if they had drawn, they would have finished first and second. Got it. Um, unfortunately, 
well, fortunately for John, unfortunately for Alice, John won that round, uh, won his very first GT. Uh, I posted some of the stuff in the stat check discord on it on Sunday because John, if you do not know or have not met him, is one of the most wonderful people that you will ever meet and one of the friendliest guys to play. 40k anthony played him at the last all is dust yep he's the finest canadian yeah no he's he's fantastic he's the only one that drew me everybody else all your all your big big boy representatives got got crushed under the iron heel of corn but uh mr russell fucking dragged me into deep water and fought me to a 10 (laughs) made it made you really work scratch for that 10 oh god i had to fight so hard for that 10 it was awful I loved watching that so much. Yeah, that was very that was a very stressful game. Both of us finished the game with like thir- like fifteen hundred points of our army, just looking at each other like this. Yep, Anthony was just throwing out a unit onto an objective to try to score a couple points here and there. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah. So the the rounds that we played, round one was priority targets, hidden supply, search and destroy. Just basically a draw mission to warm everyone up. Uh, and there were still some blowouts. <laughs> Round two was Vital Ground, Chilling Crucible. Round three was Sites of Power, Chilling Crucible. Round four was Ritual, Chilling, Hammer and Anvil. And then uh, round five was Supply Drop with Chilling uh, on Search to Destroy. Because right. I love Supply Drop. I know a lot of people have strong feelings about it, but... Supply Drop is the disappear Disappearing one. Missions one. Sometimes it's fine. Uh, it and leads it... to hilariously low primary score for both players usually uh it depends on the setup dude at wtc was the first round we i mean you remember we scrimmed you guys it was a fucking nightmare sometimes like <laughs> yes this is true um yeah anyways yeah it was it was a good event uh had a lot of fun um we're also uh in the process so, oh yeah i guess i can go through like the rest of the standings of that because it was kind of an interesting result um so notable players that were in attendance. We had Chris Haynes, captain of Team uh, Canada. He brought custodes. He finished third going four and one. Uh, Zach Como, one of the members of Team Canada, he brought Tau. He also went four and one. Uh, John, who won the event, brought guard. I'm shocked Zach didn't play guard. What are we doing, Zach? Uh, Nick Blackburn, who is on Thousand Suns right now, he went three and two. Uh, we also had Francois, who brought uh, Hypercrypt Necrons and uh, lost two very squeaker games and drew against Alice. He was her one draw for them from that event. Uh, and so he went two wins, one draw, two losses. <laughs> Fucking up the movement to get them nerfed. <laughs> yep. Uh, and I think that was everyone from the Team Canada side. We had one of our coaches, Dan Morris, owner of the Red Dragon. He wanted to play this weekend, which is why I was judging, actually, because I've been playing in most of the events lately. Uh, and he brought out he brought Canoptic Court, uh, and he just had a blast playing because he hadn't played in a GT since I think July. That's a while. So he was just really rubbing off the rust, and yeah, he had a lot. Of, yeah. We all we all had a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, so it was a good good event. Uh, and then of course honorable mention to Will Paul as Scary just or as uh, Al Whiteham just put in the chat. Uh, who brought custodes as well and also went for one, finishing second. His one loss being to John, uh, where the guard player just kind of went, so you die now. Um, and Bad. Chris's one loss being to Will in the mirror. 
Now, the fun part about that is that Will, Chris brought a fairly standard, like, three warden, two, two custodian guard with, uh, I think he ran three blade champs in Trajan. Uh, but Will brought a unit of three bikes with a shield captain on Don Eagle and five Alars with a captain. I mean, better in the mirror, probably. Apparently. <clears throat> yeah. Wounded rolls in this motherfucker in the mirror. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out, and he also had three captains total, or maybe four captains. A lot of free stratagems. So, and that's exactly it. A lot of access to free minus one damage stratagems, which in the Custodes mirror, when all of your damage is two, hurts. Yep, seems good. Uh, yeah, and then Alice finished fifth uh, because she had gotten three wins, a draw, and a loss. Uh, and we do win path pairing and win path placings, so if she had drawn, she would have finished second because perfect win path, but just a loss less. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Uh, John's list is interesting because John is not the only guard player to win an event this weekend. Oh, yeah, it was two, right? Yeah. Three? So, well, I guess we must just go into the stats for this weekend. Uh, I'm actually going to talk about both the four events that we had um, the week before that used the slate, as well as the five events that we had this weekend. Um, because it gives us a slightly more full um, state of the game. And also just because it's very funny seeing what the top army in the meta is right now. Do you want to take a guess, Anthony? It's going to be something stupid. With 85 uh, games played, it is Dark Angels. Okay. With a 62% win rate. Because they don't have their new book yet. Sure. Uh, well, here's the thing. They're not using anything that the new book changes. Yeah. Okay. Because the driving factor of that, uh, and you can do this if you, you can actually see this if you go on to uh, stat-check.com slash the-meta, you can see that what's driving this is the uh, 30 is the like most of the factions are like in the 45 to 55 range. And then there's Dark Angels of Ironstorm Spearhead with 30 games played that have an 83% win rate. Oh. It's the Storm Raven build. That seems bad. Yeah. Uh, Vanguard Spearhead Dorian has a 53% win rate. But yeah, I've been seeing a lot of Storm Raven builds when I've been doing the stats and be like, oh, this is might be a problem. Right. I'm part I'm gonna be I might be part of the problem at some point, but in the meantime, yeah. So Dark Angels eight because uh, that build like just doesn't change with the cut, like it doesn't matter, right? Correct. Yeah. Good. Yeah, because the the only thing that changes in the codex nothing. Because the only Dark Angel units they're actually using are the Azrael. Uh, are Azrael and the Dark Shroud. Okay, uh, for, or Ayer, for the those that are dumber, the, the Storm Raven build revolves around one to two Storm Ravens, usually three Redemptors, the Ravenwing Dark Shroud, which gives all of your units within six inches stealth and the benefit of cover, um, Azrael, who sits on your home objective or just wanders around giving you a CP in your command phase, uh, and then after that, it's flavor. Um, you, I've seen some builds that use the Assault Intercessors with Jump Packs, some that use um eradicators some that use lance gladiator lancers uh, but basically the the gist of it is that the storm raven is a very solid shooting platform that's also very durable and can transport a redemptor 
So you solve the problem of the Redemptor only moving eight inches a turn by putting it inside a transport that moves and 20 making, inches a making turn. Making it move 20, yeah. Yeah. And then disembark, you know, right next to it. It's very funny. It's also why I have two Redemptors and a Storm Raven on my painting table right now. Yep. Thankfully, uh, when they do it like that, you can punch it even with walking around infantry, so. Yes. You can if you're running two, I think you actually start one on the board and one flying normally. Just I only my only interaction with this type of list is Kit telling people never to hover them, but that's all I've seen about it. I mean never not to hover them, like yeah, always yeah, yeah. hover them. I think that it doesn't actually matter very much if you can punch me or not. Well, it matters to me a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd like to be. I'd like to. I'd like big to difference to, for me. <laughs> I'd like you to think that you can interact with me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's the that's the Storm Raven build in a in a nutshell. Uh, if you want to see a recent version of it, uh, actually go check out Kit Smith Hanna's list uh, from LVO, which had two Storm Ravens, and he I think he went five and one, dropping a narrow game to CSM uh, in round five. Uh, and then dismantling pretty much every other player that he went into. Yeah. Funny how only one of those builds changed. Yeah. Um, uh, one of those, and one of those games was a round six, just dumpstering of Stephen Box. Um, yeah. Where I think he tabled him in two turns. Look, sometimes you fuck around, and sometimes <laughs> you find out. <laughs> It turns out a land raider doesn't like shooting at a storm raven that's minus one to hit with cover, minus one damage, and can blank a save. Yeah, no, probably not at all, in fact. Well, I've got eight last cannons. What am I going to do to you? Eh, about five damage. Feels good, man. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's Dark Angel sitting right now. <laughs> thank, Kazra, you, Kaz. thank you for the six ninety nine. This is the fun planes. Anthony punching storm ravens. Yeah. Careful, Kazra. I might put you on storm raven build next time. That money just goes, like, back to Kaz. This is... I'm on to you, Kaz. He's funding himself. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, rounding out the top five from, from the first uh, ten events of the of the new slate, uh, we have Sisters with a 59% win rate across 68 games. Oh, the jig um, is up. They have one event win, uh, and they have a 1.90 over rep. So they're basically showing up in the top fours almost twice as often as they should proportionally to the number of players they make up. Yep. Uh, next up, we have Necrons, who have continued their... We're just going to sit at the top here and kind of just be a problem uh, with a 58% win rate, uh, an overrep of 2.13, one event win, and making up <laughs> over 10% of the meta. Yes. That's a lot. Yeah, of the 500 plus players that we've had across those events, they have made up 50 of them. What uh what's the win rate split between court and crypt there? Uh oh that that one's actually very funny to look at. Oh. Um is this going to make me sadder. I was hoping for uh, some joy. <laughs> so, Canoptic Court is fine. It has a 50% win rate. That sounds right. Awakened Dynasty has a 61% win rate, but it also only has like 9 games played, so Okay. Up, and then Hypercrypt has 152 games and a 61% win rate. Oh, that seems bad. <laughs> Turns out the Epi Downy faction is real good at what it does. Huh. Um, yeah. You and have enough you... to say that confidently. We're getting real close to that point, yeah. Uh -huh. With 150 games, we're getting real close to being said, like, this is a problem. Um, they do get hard scanned by some armies, notably Custodes. 
I watched uh, all three of the Necron players in attendance at our GT get run through by custodes. Um, although the funniest of that was when Francois played Will, uh, because Francois put his monolith to bait out to, to be able to shoot at some wardens and bait out the fort, feel the pain, and then ate a counter charge from a unit of wardens and the bikes that killed it. Yeah, I mean, that kills you. Like, the monolith can just die. Like, it has yep. no defense other than, like, the stats it's printed with. Yep. Well, no, he can give it a four-up invul in Hypercrypt. That doesn't change shit against a custody's weapon. Nope. <laughs> They're just AP2. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, uh, the monolith also just got aced by two hammerheads, where on turn one, I think, they shot it. He popped the four-up invuln and just failed both of the four-ups after he after it was wounded twice. I mean, turns out D6 plus six damage is really good at killing a monolith. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Hypercrypt is definitely the one that we're looking taking a look at. Uh, Hypercrypt on its own has a two point three five over rep, which is you know just lovely. That's a uh, big number. Yeah, but Necrons as a whole have a two point one three over rep, so they're they're up there. Okay. Um. Then we have the the one that is lurking behind the corner, constantly threatening to uh, to make Anthony play them, Adeptus Custodes. There, dude. If we when we get to the Codex, it could happen, but certainly not in their current rendition. Codex is coming soon. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Adeptus Custodes. Uh, they've had 140 games played and a 56 percent win rate, so just barely in that. They're a little too good uh, category. Uh, the crazier part is that they have a 2.46 overrep. Their overrep is nearly that of the Dark Angels right now. Uh, but no event wins, but making up 6% of the meta. So they're starting to creep back up again. Uh, and then rounding up the top five, we have the one faction of the top five that's actually sitting in GW's acceptable range, which are Orcs, with a 140 games played and 55% win rate. Uh, but no event wins and a 0.46% over rep. So they're showing up half as often in the top four as, as they should be. It is the uh, uh, only faction they also make up score that I'm not playing. Yeah, I love seeing orcs do well. Uh, and then rounding out the bottom five, we have uh, at the very bottom, Space Wolves. But they only had seven players, so they don't count. Grey Knights, 12 players. 36% win rate. I think that one's going to change. I think so, too. Um, but... and then we have Space Marines. Codex Space Marines. With 142 games played, 30 players, so they make up 6% of the meta, and they have a 39% win rate. And if we break out the Vanguard build, because we're always curious about that... Oh... Uh, <laughs> it's, it's dark, isn't it? The, the Vanguard Spearhead was 12 players. They made up half of the Marines and they had a 35% win rate. Oh my goodness. Maybe that is just bad now. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I have a feeling that people are taking John's build and just cutting things rather than rewriting the bits that need to be rewritten following the point hikes. Um, because I saw one Vanguard build that just basically cut nine Inceptors to make up for the point hikes. And I went, you, you, that's you the don't wrong, do that. That's, that's the you don't do unit. that. That data sheet is still cracked. Yeah. Yeah, there's Kazer. I just played an RTT with it and didn't drop a point. So it's probably fine. <laughs> it's bad. It sucks and it needs buffs. 
<laughs> Anthony doesn't want to play against that because the next one in our line is World Eaters at 41% with 16 players. That's, I mean, that's not a lot of players. To and fair, but that's one a, event win. That's right. <laughs> Which I will add the caveat that I have been telling everyone. It was Jack Harpster who won it, who is an exceptionally talented player. And I do believe that he just tried to give Anthony an aneurysm because he took a Corn Lord of Skulls to the event. Oh, no. Jack and I talked about it. It was just like terrain that was like just, you know, it's GW terrain. That's just well, yeah, GW terrain, which can play it. breachable terrain for the Corn Lord of Skulls is very good. You can do whatever uh, you want when the world's your oyster like that. Yeah, don't don't try that up here on WTC terrain. Well, actually, no, please do. Please do. I want to see you move them because I, I watched that at the team event two weeks ago, three weeks ago, where someone tried to do that. And it was yeah, it's rough. Nurgling body blocking you is sadness. Nurgling singular body blocking you. Yeah. For those of you at home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then rounding out the bottom of the barrel uh, of the factions that matter. We only had three Death Watch players, so I don't count them. Uh, is Chaos Space Marines with 17 players making up 4% of the meta and a 44% win rate. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, that, 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 that's like just on the bare end. And I think we'll leave, I think that CSM still has enough gas in the tank that they can actually do pretty well. It's tough. I played some games with them, though. You can make like a reasonable combined arms army out of them. But like you're uh... it's not going to be anywhere near as good as the like your WTC list or the chosen build that that, that, that arrived after that. Like, I think you could let my WTC list play in the meta right now with no nerfs literally at all, and it wouldn't be that good. I don't even think it'd be good, period. That build was only good because people hadn't worked out that some of the melee was still good. And you could Nurgle strat 700 points of your army at a time, and that shit was busted. <laughs> but once people started to take like actual melee units, it was like, oh, fuck, they're on to me. Fair enough. Joe friend, we Death Watch players aren't going to go anywhere higher anyways. We can just talk. You can just talk about us. Yeah. Yeah, Death Watch, uh, three players, 41% win rate. Uh, we'll talk about the armies that have won events. So we already talked. Sisters have won one event. Necrons have won one event. Drukhari have won one event. Uh, Eldari have won two events. So they're apparently still perfectly fine. percent win rate, 6% of the meta. They're still here. Uh, Astro Militarum won two events, both of them this weekend, with a 50% win rate, a 1.6 overup, and making up 5% of the meta. So it turns out guard players may finally be figuring out that their army is good. Or maybe it's just so good it doesn't matter that it's guard players playing them anymore. Maybe. Exception of John. Yeah. I mean, John is your quintessential guard player without any of the faults. Yeah, with none of the bad parts of the trope. He didn't. He he didn't have a story of uh, of how he nearly joined the military. As far as he I might, know. I don't know that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's where we're sitting with that. Um, there are a couple others that have won events. There is Death Guard have won one event, and that's it. And then the World Leaders win. Yeah. So meta seems kind of open but i mean still early definitely keep an eye on that dark angels build definitely keep an eye on sisters necrons and custodes and i don't know maybe give the wolf player in your life some kind of treat or something i mean there there could be a build in there right surely the like 30 wolf in are cheap enough that it works out maybe yeah like i mean the the two people that realized that stormlance is pretty good had a 60 percent win rate that might be a thing. Yeah. Uh, no one is playing the wolf detachment despite it getting buffed. So maybe they need to look at that a little more closely. The wolf detachment changed? 
Yeah, uh, in the data slate, they made it so that you can do a saga every single turn instead of every single battle round. And because the sagas stack throughout the game, that actually means you can get to full power much faster. I don't... I'm not going to front. I have just... The sagas give you things like feeling no pain, lethal hits, sustained hits. Okay. <laughs> like it's actually pretty good buffs. Uh, there are some things where it's just like the feel no pain is your warlord needs to take wounds and not die. Oh, <laughs> that's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Curie, where do you stand on the transport full of men explodes? Dudes in the transport take a mortal wound. Can it go on the character leaving the transport? Rules is written yes, rules is intended no, don't do that, don't be a dick. Okay. <laughs> because Fair. the same thing could be said for grenade strat. Well, what about that? Because grenades are just mortal wounds. Any kind of thing that's from mortal wounds that's not an attack doesn't actually have the sequence that you're supposed to follow like you do with regular attacks. And that's the issue. Is that also yes, then? Is yeah, but don't try it at the WTC or Pyra or ETC. I mean, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I Nick Nick Herding actually knew what the the field of pain saga was. Saga, saga of, the of the bear, dude. Yeah. I don't know, man. But it's a yeah. weird time. Uh, and Paint Celestine pointing out, like, yeah, just take Wolfen. There's 16 points a model for two wounds, a four up, four up invuln, and six up field of pain. Uh, they fight on death, I think, still. On a four-up? Yeah. There's a lot of four-ups involved with but the like, They now actually have a good weapon, because it's 6-2-2. right? Oh, I always consider that you're playing the Gladius with Lance. Yeah, fair. <laughs> but... What about a Space Wolf, Storm Raven, Iron Storm? Put ten Wolfen in each ring. Oh. I think Wolfen take up two spots, so you can only put five in each Storm Raven. I hope they can't be transported at all, frankly. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that doesn't seem terrible. Nine events in. I'm sure I'm going to take those words back in another two weekends. We'll give people some time to learn things, but it could be worse, I suppose. I think it's yeah. worse than it was, but I think it was pretty good. So like, Which maybe means it's, it's still probably good. fine. So it's probably like, all right. Yeah. I don't know. I've got two GTs next month, so I'll, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'm sure that by like the end of March, I'm going to be like... Yeah, I think the meta is very polarized, right? Like that's the that's the problem with it now is like you have the haves who can deal with Necrons literally at all, and like if you're in the have nots, it's just fucking dire. Like, yeah, Necrons that just no sell your army is like so you can't kill. And this is what I was talking with someone about earlier is that like when you're building an army right now, because Necrons make up ten percent of the meta, you need to figure out ways of dealing with both wraiths and satans. There's no guarantee that your opponent will have wraiths, but there's a pretty good chance they will. Yeah. And there's a guarantee that your opponent will have satans. If you don't yeah, have an answer to both of those, you just lose. If you answer yeah. answer to one but not the other, you might do okay. And then, like over top of that, you need an answer to the monolith as well. It's like, okay, which of these fucking three wildly different defensive profiles would you like me to be good at killing? Yep. And then sometimes the monolith just goes ham and rolls four sixes to hit with its death rays. And yeah, tells you to eat shit. Yeah, Frankly, it can't Overwatch, so we got that going for us. Sure. <laughs> it's not nothing. <laughs> Uh, and, um, that one guy, uh, Gene Steeler Colts, 53% win rate, four players. They're doing fine. Strong. No one wants to play them, but they're doing fine. They're a okay. 
Yep. I mean, they got probably like net better, right? Like, uh, yeah, because a lot of the rules clarifications, especially the one uh, yeah. where you know counting as making a normal move when you get set up or deep strike. Oh yeah, that's all huge of that. For them. Doesn't destroy their blips now. Uh, yeah. Yes, it doesn't trigger the saboteur, but it actually means that they have a little bit more protection to those blimps because you can't just like I can't just three inch deep strike uh, inceptors in their backfield and destroy four blips. We also can't run away from them when they get set up to bomb you, which is cool. Yes, when they get set up, but if they yeah. do any other way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, nothing sadder than the Vanguard Marine going hi. Yeah, no, that shit sucks. Um, can still Overwatch because you're been you're being set up for all the people. Yeah, yeah that's different. You can't do that anymore. Uh, but yeah, that's where the meta's at. That's where we're sitting right now. Um, yeah, Alex Taus, uh, Anthony identified that we still need to be able to deal with Modelist, but yes, three yeah. very different profiles. Uh, you have to have something that uh, having an access of ignore mods in your army is huge. Helps, helps for uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, because. Turns out that uh, when you can make a, a Satan take a full, you know, flat six damage melt a shot, it hurts. Yeah. I learned today that the WTC does not rule modifiers to, uh, like, the Sword Brethren as a modifier. Yeah, well... That may change in the future, but, like, yeah, based on what it says... like Sword Brethren, the Berserker Glaive, the Blade of St. Eleanor, uh, Thunderwolf Cavalry... Anything that modifies the weapon damage characteristic, not the attack damage characteristic. Uh, yeah. Though, for what it's worth, it doesn't matter for the Berserker Glaive anymore. No, it doesn't, because it's it goes from two to two. Yeah. You're like, you got me, dude. Yeah. <laughs> if it still had the D3 component, then you would care. Correct. Yeah. yeah. But it uh, doesn't. Blade of St. Eleanor, I care about that, because the when it goes to plus two damage, yeah. it actually has an impact. Yeah, no, it sucks. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, that's where we're at. Paint Celestine. What's scarier? Shard of an ancient star god or inbred hillbilly space miners with explosives? The that's inbred hillbilly space miners with explosives because they that depends on who you are. My vampire elf space pirates are much more afraid of the star god than the, the hillbillies. You know what? Fair. Yep. <laughs> you can kill one and not the other. I guess the question is which one kills you worse? No, that doesn't matter. Everybody's the same. Like, I did watch the hilarity last night of Tao playing into Drukari uh, and forgetting that Venoms have a four-up armor save and split firing without being guided. Oh, and the Venom player and the Venom taking five-up saves. Yeah, you can live. I don't know what's shooting at you from Tao that you will live. Uh, a commander. That put two cyclics into one, two cyclics into oh. another, and left both of them alive on two wounds. Yeah, that sounds right. That was very greedy. Yeah, and I always went, "Oh no!" Yeah, that was a that was a mistake. <laughs> Someone did the math, but or did the calculations, but they were bad at math. Yeah, that same Tau player also had uh, the greatest play of that game, where he overwatched a venom that moved, killed the venom with the overwatch because it was turn three, and. Um, the Drakari player didn't lose anyone to the to disembark. Yeah, just couldn't do uh, anything for his turn. Can't do anything because if you fall out of a destroyed transport, you can't charge. Ugh. Yeah, it's that moment of like, huh, I guess we're just here now. And it was Narcon with Incubi, so 
Yeah, just smile and wave, boys. Davin, don't do that. Which weapon is scarier, Deathwing Knight, Mace, or Abbey stop sign? Oh, it's Abbey stop sign, right? It's like not even. It's always particular... been Abbey stop sign, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Dumb. All right. Um, do we got questions, or do we have something else that people want to chat about right now? Uh no, I think we're good for questions, right? I'm gonna open them up. Ain't show questions because people rename the channel, which is good because it turns out that as we continue to grow, it does get a little confusing as to where you go. All righty. Uh, <laughs> all right. First question from Sam Lemon. First, uh, assuming the stereotype that guard players all have a story about how they almost or did join the military is true, what other factions have a similar stereotype and what is it? Uh, I feel like there's a... Uh, I feel like there's like a recurring bit from Eldar about how like this is the nerf. This is finally the nerf that did them in. You know? Like yeah, but that's like what stereotype do they have? I don't know. I think that's just the only thing I can picture with them. Yeah. I mean uh, Chaos players is that they think GW hates them. That's true. That's real. Like I always think that one's funny because like I play mostly chaos stuff and I don't feel that way just at all. It's always like yeah, but one of the Chaos builds is great. Like, at least the, almost the entire time that I've played, at least something yeah. for Chaos has been awesome. <laughs> I hear. We don't think we know. That's... <laughs> see? <sighs> but yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, Custodius players, I'm sure we could come up with something nasty about them, but realistically, it's probably that they just think that their models aren't good enough. Or as good as the lore says they're supposed to be. Yeah, if Custodius players don't win the game on a two-up re-rolling, they want, they want to re-garano. <laughs> Look, if you had lore-accurate Custodius, you'd have one model on the table most of the time. That's true. At most. <laughs> <laughs> one Custodius model on the table and 20 Sisters of Silence. Right, right, yeah. That's your whole thing. Because you do need to still play the game. Yeah. Well, you don't need to. Fair. Everyone's allowed to play Warhammer. Not everybody has to be good at it. Uh, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, all right. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, and this is something we can actually talk about for a little while. When selecting players for WTC, how do you determine who will jump factions or play a specific role? Such as Francois with Death Watch and Scar with Necrons for last year's Canadian WTC team. Uh, do you want to answer this? Do you want me to answer this? I think we should both answer this because it is interesting. But so I am firmly of the opinion that faction specialists don't have much value these days. And by faction specialists, I mean players that play only one or two factions and aren't able to deviate from that or aren't willing to deviate from that. Hmm. Because there is always a possibility that those two factions are just not in the eight. And That's so they fair. need to be able to pivot. I uh, think everyone going into selection should have two factions that they can represent. Um, but it's also really difficult when like half of those people are just Marines is one that I play. For us, a lot of it is like we try and keep people into like you know, no more than three factions they're responsible for at any given time. Yes. Um, but also we have, like, hard metrics about how many games need to be played per month in front of the team relative to how many factions you have. So usually what will happen is, like, we'll end up with a roster of people 
some of those people will make the team, some of them won't. Once we're down to eight, we kind of look at like, you know, whose factions they're assigned to are good or are what we want. And then we kind of like the switching goes to people that are either, you know, most savvy with it or like have something that's closest to their wheelhouse that works for the most yeah. part. Like we're not going to make Shuckman learn a new army, like just play Eldar dog. And if we want you in the eight, you're playing the Eldar. And if Eldar aren't good, probably not in the eight. These are the consequences of one tricking. Yeah, exactly. Now the challenge, of course, that we have um, as Team Canada with that is that we do select our traveling team earlier than some others because we've had issues in the past with people being able people sourcing plane tickets, accommodations, all of that in time for yeah. make the 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 cross uh, Atlantic trip. I don't know if Team USA has the same issue, but I mean, last year you guys sent twenty people, so I don't think you really yeah, had no, that issue. That's not, that's not really a thing. If you like, at the point that you're on the team, you're expected to be going. Um, yeah. So like we. The way we typically do it is that like our selections in April now. Um, yeah. So like you're either you'll know then if you're starting or not. And then if you're not starting and you're in the academy and you'd like to remain on the academy, it is uh, heavily encouraged for you to go and help. Yeah. And then if you're not if you're one of the returning starters who didn't make it, if you'd like to go into the academy the following year, it is strongly encouraged for you to go and help. Um, so makes sense. Yeah. You want a lot the, of us you want to be there regardless. You want people to be continuously demonstrating their commitment to that. So I can talk a little bit about what happened behind the scenes last year with regards to that. So uh, Francois Marines, it's kind of what he had been playing a lot of the time. He had been testing Death Watch a lot. He thought he had figured out a build that worked fairly well. We realized very quickly after War Masters that that wasn't the case because at War Masters he did exceptionally well. I think he had. I think he went four one and one, um, and then just was on the struggle bus for the rest of the uh, the event, uh, playing Death Watch into things like Eldari and GSC. Yep. Uh, and then Skari with Necrons, it was quite simple. We were testing Drukari. Skari primarily plays Drukari. He played Drukari for us at uh, WTC 2022. Um, he plays Drukari almost all the time, but we were testing factions at the early on in the edition. Um, <laughs> we threw him at Chuckman playing Eldari. That was, that was a rough game to watch. That was a very painful game to watch. And uh, after the results of that game, we had a quick chat. We're like, we think we might need to move you. Yeah. Um, and it we talked about it. wasn't the fastest game of the round. No, no, it wasn't. Um, yeah, so we went through all of that. And yeah, and eventually settled on Necrons for him. He then took them to an RTT, a GT that he like a major that he finished second at, I think. Uh, yeah. And then played another like 20 odd games with them and also won best Necrons at War Masters before then just skunking people all week um, in the teams. So, he took his or as he liked to put off. it, I like playing math bricks. Yeah, he took his training wheels off. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it basically comes down to like a very strong player who is also a very dedicated team player can usually play whatever the team needs. Ideally, by the time you get down to faction selection, everyone there has one of those factions in the in their wheelhouse already. Yeah, usually like for us it comes down to reps, right? Like you can fix anything with enough like time. Like yep. as an example, I've played like 35 games since the slate. Like that's more than most people will play in a year. 
Well, sure. I was saying like even at like a competitive <laughs> level, like during the slate, like from now to the next data slate, yep. most people won't play, 30, won't, won't play 35 games, right? Um, and if you're like a viewer who's often like, you know, why is Anthony so negative? Because like I spend a lot of time doing this. So when something's bad, it hurts a lot. Yeah. Um, so the like it just depends on time, right? Like we can facilitate as Team USA an army swap inside of a week because if we want to, we can have someone play three to four games a day if they're available by just cycling our roster for them to have like a a practice opponent, right? A sparring opponent so that they can yep. keep playing. And, you know, inside a week, that's 20 some odd games. And then all of a sudden, like you may not have been very experienced with this before, but you sure as shit are now. And like, it's fine. Um, but it's just reps. Like people always ask me about like, oh, how much time before a thing should you switch? That's like, that's fake. That doesn't matter. Like the amount of time that you get to sit like in the bathroom, fucking around with your list and shuffling a hundred points of it is not important. I don't care about that literally at all. It's how many reps can you get with well, it? Between the actually, points. perfect example of that. Shout out to Scari, who I last we talked, his rule is 20 games with a list before yeah. it changes anything fundamental. Because it's just like, it's not till you hit that point and against that number of different opponents and different skilled opponents that you really have an idea of if it's you, the list, or something Somewhere else that's going wrong. Yeah. Yeah, so. no, that's real. It's like, it's never a matter. Like, it's not going to be a function of time. It just yeah. depends. So, like, internal to our team, and I say that I say this with as much love and respect as I can. But Chris will pull captain's privilege and play the faction that he wants to play. But that's usually because it's one of the factions that he's good with. And Chris on an army that he's good with is better than Chris on an army that he doesn't, because he is a busy man and doesn't have the same time for reps as someone like myself or Francois right. or Riley. Where you know, coming up to the event, we we're like, oh, we have two players who are really good with Aldari. Who do we grab? We're like, well, Tim's the more experienced WTC player. We'll put him on Aldari. Riley, you're starting a GSC army. You want to play GSC? And he's like, yeah, that'd be amazing. Right. Uh, and then the rest of the team starts to fall in place from there because we look at what our gaps are and we say, okay, well, you know, we have two months. We have a month from list submission and then two months from the actual event. That should be enough time for most players to get ready. Should. <laughs> Doesn't always happen. So I think the biggest yeah. thing is that knowing how of how much availability someone has knowing that they're able to put in that like you know 25 games from list sub to the event that's kind of that's what huge. you need to yeah to have an idea of where you're going to sit once the yeah. event actually hits if the first game with your list is the first game of war masters probably going to be a problem i would never have the first game of my list be the practice game i play in scotland um the <laughs> yeah yeah so that's that's basically it that's the longer answer at how we determine it but i mean also every country does it differently because every country has different resources available to them right yeah uh, a bunch of the European countries have anyone a... to the usa is very difficult to do yeah we have a lot of resources because we have a lot of people yeah country of 300 million and one of the deepest and sometimes shallowest talent pools it just depends on the event baby <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we got Logan who's got some questions for us. Uh, when will the Black Templar Gladius finally crest the hill and reveal itself as the best list in the current meta? As long as Jack can play every instance of it being submitted to a tournament, I'm sure it's the best army in the game. Unfortunately, that's not true, so I don't think that's going to happen. 
<sighs> yeah, no, that's that's fair. I think it's a perfectly acceptable list that is pretty light on resource overall, and having watched enough people play enough mid-range 40k at this point, the second someone like runs out of units or dies a little bit, they tend to panic and be then like lose ability to score. And that's how it goes. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um Yeah, like I think it's good, but also one of these things where often what we think is the best army isn't always the best army for other players. Yeah. Uh, Logan's question question is Pumbaa laughed at world leaders matchup chart on the enter the matrix tier list. Anthony, as a committed teams player, how do you feel about this? And what colorful comparison would you use to describe the matchup chart you have for them? Um, I think that world leaders are pretty good. Um, I think that they were nerfed like deeply unfairly compared to all the way a lot of other things were nerfed, but I think that ultimately it's kind of worked out. Um, mostly shout out to, uh, Brian Sype on this. He like bullied me when the nerfs first came out and was like, you're going to be fine. And he was correct. Uh, it's mostly been okay. So that's my, my public apology. Um, so (laughs) yeah, he's, he's a very good friend of mine. Um, so fuck you, but also you were right. Um, so yeah, things have been like mostly fine. Like it's not, um, world leaders still do somewhat similar things to, um what they were doing before um and that like they're pretty stable they're pretty good at like denying primary sometimes now they're not near they're not as good at pushing diff because you'll like be set up and then you'll just like not roll advance and charge so you can't make it to their deployment zone to like take that shit away or you can't make it to the far objective to like take that shit away so you're like all right i guess you get in 10 this turn bro like i can't reach you so there you shall stay and if you stay there like the score will still be close but whatever um but broadly it's like doing pretty good um i don't have like a super interesting like comparison for it it's like a lot it's the same thing world leaders always is right it's a lot of like stable draws unless my opponent fucks up and then it's fucking ugly but like if you don't do that you know maybe maybe the next person i play is the chosen one i get to the table and they move block and play the mission and it works out and they beat me by a whole bunch no one's managed that yet, but maybe, maybe <laughs> you, anonymous person I haven't played yet, are the chosen one. But so far, so good. Better than Drukari, that's for sure. Oh, poor Drukari. It, dude, no one was more sad about that than me. Oh, I know. Oh, uh, maybe Skari. <laughs> no, I'm probably Skari's probably right. Skari's probably doing great with them. He was doing all right before. This is better than it was. Like, yeah, it's just the if Scar if if Drukari are good enough for te- for the eight again this year, you know that's an August problem. Like that's <laughs> that's a four more, that's solved. a five more codexes and two data slates level of times. Yeah, yeah, that Tyler, doesn't... I'm gonna go first next time. No, you won't, Tyler. Um, <laughs> the like, you know, look, it doesn't have to be great right now for Scar. It's better than it was. Scar will do better than he was doing, and then like it'll get a little bit better next data slate, hopefully, and then you know we'll just keep it. Just well, be cool. I think his next event is uh, the Toronto Winter Open in three weeks' time, so I'll see him there, and we'll see yeah. how he does. Yeah, Scary. Just you know, line it up with the other people that tend to do like pretty good with Jukari, and just don't play on the same weekend as them. And as long as you guys keep it kosher, the win rate will stay low. But is if there anyone else? Up, if you line it up and play on the same weekend, it's going to be trouble out there, bro. John, thanks for the seven dollars. I want to be the chosen one. I can only imagine by his emoji choice that that is John Winter Russell. Oh yeah, this weekend. John- John is the chosen one, actually. He's the only person who's ever managed it. So 
Turns out you two just need to meet at WTC on the table. Yeah, I mean, if as long as you guys can can catch Amer- whatever America does to their pod afterwards, you know that meme of like the Grim Reaper coming out of rooms like trailing yeah, blood. Yeah, yeah. That's usually us after pods. If you can catch us like that after pod, then fucking more power to you. Alex, Tyler, you'll go first, then do something cute and fuck up somehow. I give Tyler too much shit about that privately, so I'm not going to do it publicly. <laughs> All right, Logan's last question is, what are the biggest changes in the rule, made in the rules commentary that people still get wrong that you can overwatch shit that comes out of transports or deep strikes? People seem real confused about a change that's just like not even in the rules commentary, yeah. which is that OC zero units can do actions. I've had so many people ask me I want to know that. who started that as a, like, this is a good idea for the slate, and it's totally 100% in the slate because my uncle at Nintendo who Dude. traded with, with Games Workshop knows it. Yeah, it's really funny. I get asked that question at least once a day. It's like, and I don't do shit. I'm sure you get buried. Like, the, it's wild. Like, it's not anywhere. I don't know where that came from at all. So I will actually say this weekend was exceptional in that about 90% of the rules questions I got were the players were, I think it's this way. I just want to be sure. Yeah. And I didn't have to explain anything. I was like, uh, I like you people now. Yeah, yeah. You're all right. <laughs> this feels good. Yeah. All right. Oh, okay. Uh, Autark Ben asks, when ordering a round of shots for you and your friends, if money was no object, what would you order? Uh, Probably not have shots like a... to be the answer. Uh, what'd you say? Probably not shots is the answer. Well, shots is fun. Uh, I've been baited into shots too many times by the Polish, so it's just like a... It's like just part of my life. You're with the polls. Is it actually a bait then? I I have no idea. I, did I? Is that like an implied consent thing? I don't know what that means, Kerry. Um, <laughs> the yeah, I don't know. Those boys try and get me fucked up every time I'm with them. Pyro's gonna be rough. Quentin said the dumbest thing I've ever seen someone say, which it, he like basically was like, "I bet you can't get me that drunk" or something to that effect. And I was like, "You foolish young man! You do know no. what you've just done." Isn't Quentin like twenty two? Quentin's twenty. Four, three, okay. not a lot. So he's 20... been legal. He can legally drink in the states for like two or three years. Yeah, 20, All right, yeah. He's he's twenty. He's small number. Um, <laughs> I love yeah. you, Quinton, but you are so done. Yeah, good luck, you. Um, I mean, for me, probably defaults to like McCollin twelve, maybe older. Strong. It's a shot. It seems wild. I'm not taking it as a shot. I'm just saying it's an it's an ounce. Oh, fair. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, actually, uh, Alex Towers raises the thing uh, that Tyler Bortel points out. Uh, being able to take three brigands as Chaos Knights. Uh, oh, yeah. Chaos you... Army. Because they have it in their heads that they can only take 500 points of Chaos Knights. But no, if you want, you can take the Porphyrian. That'd be sick. I'm not saying it's good. But it is funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> Quentin's a majestic goober. Please don't let him get alcohol poisoning. Anthony will take care of him. I, well, that's Sean's job. I am just a player on the team. Our captain is there with us. He's in charge. 40k Jesus is the uh, is going to be the rave daddy. Yeah, that's right. Keep Quentin alive. <laughs> All right. Evan asks has a question. Hey, everyone. I started being really interested in 40k when the Leagues of Votin were announced. And I finally started oh, playing. Evan S. I thought you said Evanescence. And I was like, what? <laughs> anyway, Sorry. <laughs> I started really being being really interested in 40k when the leagues of O10 were announced. And I finally started to play with the release of 10th. As this is my first edition, I was wondering what I should expect out of the 10th edition codex. 
Currently, the leagues are doing well, but it's because of point drops in the detachment rule change. As a lore nerd, their data sheets don't really reflect them as well, i.e. same shooting skill as a basic guardsman. Is it realistic for their codex to make sweeping changes to data sheets or army rules to make their playstyle more elite-based? Or do you think GW will look at how they currently play and just expand on that? It seems likely, based on what's happened so far. Yeah. Um, that... Having seen the Admech Codex now, because the Admech yeah. Codex were also an army that, you know, Admech... used to hit on threes. Admech and Nids are two that are like, this probably could have been better, and it certainly isn't. Um, Which, Tyranids have good builds in them. Tyranids have builds in them. That's true. Um, I talked to John. He just went to a tournament this weekend. Went undefeated. He, he sure did, but he had to hang on by his motherfucking <laughs> fingernails several times. Like he shouldn't have to have worked that he got hard a... to do to have games that close. Like I just think that army's not very good, and like it's okay that it's bad, and that John has really pretty tiernids that he's trying to win best overall with. Right? Like totally fair, but also. Maybe if you're one of the best players in the world at like a random event, your score should probably look more like Jack's <laughs> than John's. You know what I'm saying? So I broadly would not be super excited about a codex coming. I'm a like, hopefully we ride this index for a little longer gamer myself. I'm optimistic for leagues and the reason that i'm optimistic for leagues is they haven't been announced yet which means they probably haven't been written yet which yeah, means so there's like opportunity for them to listen to the player base and be like leagues players don't like that they got turned into a you just take tons of trash and try to bury your opponent in it, dice they're a weird horde army which doesn't seem like what they were going for yeah because they're a horde army without actually having the bodies on the table to be a horde yeah like yeah. they have not far off some marine list worth of models. But the... Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all wrong. Yeah, so I, I think the answer to that, Evan, is we don't know. Yeah. Hopefully, because you look at... Yeah, hopefully things change, but if you look at the given examples, it doesn't seem terrible. I mean, the long. Necron Codex rewrote considerable chunks of their army. Did it? Yeah. Like Braits could I guess, take yeah, that's fair. that's fair. Like that's there were a fair. lot of things that were like little attachment changes, little tweaks to stats and all that. Yeah, that changed a bunch of things. Um Dark Angels, we just, you know, got gutted, so <laughs> right now not having a codex is better than having a codex for Dark Angels. Yeah, that shit's rough. <laughs> <sighs> all right. Um Bryn asks, what's Anthony looking at for World Eater list currently? Um, what is your current world leaders list? Uh, it's not super exciting. I've just been playing like what I was playing before without the juggernaut and with 10 more jackals. Okay. It's so like... it is what, it is what we thought, what we had talked about earlier. Yeah. So just yeah, look it's... at the 1975 list, lose the yeah. jugger Lord with chosen. It's, yeah. It's more expensive. In. Yeah. It's more expensive now. Like <laughs> it's fine. Uh, a funny thing that happened is I was playing a game and scouted the jackals instead of an eight bound unit. Cause the eight bound unit could already get the cover. And then the jackals like ran up and touched two of the midfield objectives. And then my opponent was like, "Well, it's not worth it for me to kill them." And didn't bother. So I had three sticky objectives by top of two. And I was oh, like, "No." I mean, now you have to come touch them. I don't know what you <laughs> thought was going to happen. 
I mean, that is something that I've talked about is that running the second Jackal unit, giving it scout, if you if you are on a board yeah. uh, like Search and Destroy, for example, where you can just make the, the home objective sticky turn one. Oh, yeah. I mean, that one's already. That's what the other Jackals are for. I have two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I meant like your home and the midfield objective. Yeah. Uh, ben, that has not just happened to you. That's happened twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ben, like, I was special. Nope. No, there was. that's two people have happened to. Um, why Jackals and not Spawn? Because Spawn aren't that good. You just cope because they have a four up feel no pain, but they don't have any like special rules that make them do anything. They don't have an icon. So I, they're just like, if I want something to take up space, I'm going to use the unit with a bunch of dudes in it. And with the no favor world, you want that second item. Yeah, Christ really. alive, no favor is fucking wild sometimes. <laughs> Dude, I had a I had a one buff turn the other day where I rolled just like a triple and no doubles. And I was oh. like, ah. it was like, it was, uh, what was it? It was like one, two, three, five, six, and then three fours. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Yep. I've seen, uh, I've seen the worst possible roll, which was three ones and then two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. You just kind of look at that and go. I guess Lost I get. Move, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, they like spawns can tank so much shit, but that's they not can. really the role. Like they're they're okay. Like they'll beat up some scouts, maybe, but like they have a lot of like maybe associated to them that makes me very nervous. And jackals are just like they're gonna stand over there, man. It's alright. Yeah. Also, you get to charge jackals into opposing rhinos and wrap them and be like, "Fuck you, Casterkin, stay in your chimera." Um, so. Yeah, there's a couple of things with them. Yeah. All right. Jackals oh, so don't we... do damage. That's not the point of Jackals. Stop trying no. to have shit that isn't like the units that do damage and world leaders do damage. Treat them like cultists. Because it's not like your favorite lord was doing damage that often. God, fuck no. That guy was terrible in combat. <laughs> <laughs> that right, guy Alex sucked. Said... He just needed someone to hold favor and he was the best suited. And he was annoying to kill. So most people just wouldn't bother trying. Yeah. That's true. Tyler's Termagants did get fucked up by my jackals. That's true. But, <laughs> yeah, but Termagants get fucked up by a stiff breeze. No, they were in Angron Aura with an 8-bound nearby, so they were oh. rolling all hits and ones to wound. I fucked okay. those Termagants <laughs> up. Alright, fair enough. Alright, Alex W. to ask thoughts on today's WTC clarifications on the charge phase. Uh... That's a 12-page document, sir. If you'd like Curie to explain that to you, you can pay him a coaching fee. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Reality of it is, is the actual rule is only a paragraph. The 12 pages is just to show all the examples so that people understand how it works. Uh, I helped write that, so I like it. <laughs> I'm sure it's awesome. Someone it's... smarter than me knows how it works, I'm sure. It's better than the old rule, is all that matters. Because the old rule required you to always call a judge to the table at WTC. And judges are a finite resource, so anything that makes the judges' lives easier makes me happy. That's true. Um, because now it's just, if a model would normally be able to make the charge, but they don't fit, and you don't have anyone in engage, and, and, and no one can actually make engagement range, but the charge rolled would normally get you there, you use the barricade rule for as many models as can make it to the wall. Yeah. Uh, the Triumph, eh. I didn't add that, but I had a good chuckle at that. The Triumph should not be able to take advantage of fight-through-wall mechanics. <laughs> they should just give it the monster keyword and be done with it. No, it's a, it's, it's seven ladies walking. Well, six They're not going to fit that game. coffin through the window. Have you seen a Terminator model fit through the window? It goes through the wall. 
So they go through so the casket goes through because the casket's the same width as one of those ladies. The no, wall, the hole that they just went through. No, no, not the width. It's a it's a, I don't know. I don't think it works. <laughs> Triumph is mounted. There you go. That'll do. Sure thing, Tyler. All right, AJ from Salt Air Games. Hey folks, what's the best way to practice the game without playing the game? Uh, uh recommend on TTS? the game. Oh. We had very different responses to that question. We talked over each other, so you go. Oh, I just said I recommend playing the game. I was being an ass. I thought it was funny, though. Um, no, I agree. You're probably right. The playing on TTS is good. Yeah. Uh, listen to Exit 1 for tips on how to get the most out of your practice time is probably my answer to that, because That's true. most of us on this cast just have an abundance of time to play. I wouldn't say that I have. I would say that I make. <laughs> I do a we lot less play for an abundant amount would be the way I would put oh. it then. To triumph as a walker vehicle, one of those ladies is in a box. That, yeah, that's that's a dreadnought. That mean they can tank shock? Sure, go nuts. <laughs> Strength five tank shock. Get them. That's fucking seven dice into elves. And then eighteen attacks at five, two, one into elves. They don't like that. I mean, they're already dead to the tank yeah, shock, fair. but sure. All right. Uh... Paul, guest chef daddy at Yunsen asks, if you had to turn up to a GT tomorrow and could take any army and be instantly imbued with the skill to play it, what would you take? Uh... So the idea is that I could then Thousand play the army sons. flawlessly? Yeah. Thousand sons. No. Assuming WTC terrain. Yeah, it's an event you would go to anyway, right? Not yeah, like yeah. not some garbage. Probably Templar's Ironstorm. Or Templar's, Templar's Ironstorm. I think you could play Templar's Ironstorm right now. I'm not, I'm not convinced Pickles couldn't play Templar's Ironstorm. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is that when I put Dustin on them, he should 20-0 whoever he plays? Yes, correct. Okay. Yeah, instant. If I could just do it instantly, perfectly, it's Suns. It's not even a question. Thousand Suns play eleventh edition, bro. It's sweet. Yeah, they also just have failure points that are outside of perfect play. I don't think they have any failure points that are outside of their control. I think if a Thousand Suns player plays perfectly, there's just nothing you can do. Well, Django Smaxon, why must you say such hurtful things about GW Train? I just play on WTC Train. I don't actually hate GW Train. I like it. It's fine. GW Train's fine. You just need I, to adjust. Like UKTC, yeah. WTC, GW Terrain, they all have their ups and downs. Um, WTC and UKTC have the advantage of they actually will change things as the edition matures and ages. Right. Um, GW, we don't have that guarantee. It could happen. We could see a new pack and they could be like, here's the new layouts and be like, cool. I'd be fucking astonished, but I'd be game. <laughs> I'm just saying, they changed their yeah. they've changed their layouts after ninth. So. Dude, I'm with it. Like that'd be sick. I'm not mad if that happens, but I wouldn't yep. be surprised. It would. I would be sad because I would have to purge my memory of this is how you set up layout one, two, three, and four oh, by memory. I know how to do that real quickly already. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, sad. And yeah, Tim does make a point. Having to skip the learning part of Thousand Suns is a good deal. You know what? You're probably right. I also just don't like Thousand Suns aesthetic, so I wouldn't enjoy myself that weekend. <laughs> I would definitely play a converted Thousand Suns army. I don't know that I would use their standard troop line. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, Thousand Suns, Black Timbers, Gladius, Gene Sealer Cults. Play them flawlessly. Nah, still Suns. Suns body Necrons if you play them well. So 
This is true. I did watch that happen. Yeah, it's fucked up, actually. <laughs> uh, I watched. I watched the. Uh, I watched a a a, a, a he will be unnamed uh, Necron player get bodied by uh, Nick's Thousand Sons. God damn it, Francois. Nope, wasn't it's him. Much, I just much funnier if you just left that. Nope, uh, no. Francois was just very skilled at losing his monolith turn one or two in almost every single game. That is an impressive display. It's almost like he left it on the shelf. All it right. turns out he didn't want to play with it. <laughs> All right, Gabe C. Two parter. First, is melee back to being custodies phase, or do you still think the meta is in a decent phase place where we can have a healthy amount of melee armies? I don't think you get to play a melee army against custodies, but I think that outside of that matchup, you can play a melee army and it might be all right. I'm big like teams privilege. My next like three or four events are teams. Like I it was still very funny when someone asked what Anthony's next event was, and he's got I've got Pyra, Euro Trash Cup, WTC. My next singles GT is Cali Cup. That's true. Yeah, GT. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Um, like I, I get to just be like no custodies thanks and yeah. just move on with my day so i think melee is fine but if you don't get to do that you're going to do an event i definitely would put at least a small amount of combined arms in your army yeah uh i does make a point that death guard do nasty things to custodies this death is very guard true definitely can do nasty things to custodies there's a lot of room to be like oh, i made a small screening mistake because my army moves slow as fuck now there's Terminator, or not Terminators, there's Custody men rapid ingressing over there, and that's real bad. Yeah, and then the second is, Anthony, you're pissed drunk, you just got done raging in the pit of a Devil Wears Prada show, and all of a sudden you've been given a Chaos Knight army, and you're told to make a list and go play an RTT. What are you bringing, and how hard does it crank? Thank you. Uh, I would probably honestly just play the CK list I played the other day and had a bunch of fun with. I didn't have any Demons allies in it, but it, like, worked. It was, uh... Stalker, Huntsman, five Carnivores, five Brigands, and it was just like, go get them. Um, and I could just like, you know, slow feed the army and go kill people. Um, it was fun. It wasn't bad. I don't like, I like, everyone always gravitates towards their answer for like, you're fucked up and you gotta like play, you know, like the hardest way possible and you gotta put you know a big knight in your list to resolve the, and that's like that's actually like way harder to do correctly because you have to think that, more now yeah if that thing fucking dies you just lose so like yeah yeah it's not great yeah i mean i think uh, if i had answered the same thing it would be 12 dogs on the table yeah that was uh, the list i just listed was 13 like it works wasn't it 12 five five one one might have been 12. Is it 12? <laughs> yeah, it is 12. True, right? Because I'm pretty sure the 13 build died with the first slate adjustment to their points. You can still take 13, but you have to take weird ones. Or yeah, but shit. then you're not taking, no, I think like... that's 14. Maybe I played 6, 5, 1, 1. Maybe that Maybe. was it. 6 carnivores might make sense. 6 brigands doesn't fit. I know that. Nah, probably not. Whatever. Yeah. Some amount of dogs get in there. 14 is weird ones, yeah. Um, all right. Then we've got Truman who asks, what about 40k always keeps you coming back for more? The community, to be honest. Uh, as yeah. shitty as they sometimes can be, they're also like my local community is just amazing. They'll keep me coming back for games. They'll keep me coming back for events. Um, all of you wonderful people and sometimes these idiots too. Fair. Yeah. Um, it is... Thomas got it. That's what I played. It was six carnivores, five brigands. Um, 
so yeah it's mostly the people at this point like most of my like friend group and stuff outside of like a very specific group of people that i used to play wow with is 40k at this point um so yeah it's the it's the folks uh i do earnestly like enjoy the game too like it's not like you know but like without like i don't i think i would have stopped playing like a year or two ago probably if it wasn't for teams um, teams changes the dynamic considerably because it means that when you when singles is suffering you have somewhere else that you can have fun yeah or even when singles is good you could just keep playing teams, and like teams oh yeah, yeah no but i more mean that yeah. like when you have to take refuge from a really toxic singles meta i.e the first six months of 10th yeah well, you really go, now. yeah but yeah especially those first three months <laughs> god christ <laughs> fuck every once in a while someone will point out like a rule from the beginning of 10th and i'll be like jesus i forgot about that like someone the other day was like yeah remember when dev wounds spilled and i was like ah yeah you remember when it when a when a wraith knight would just see you across the board activate and delete a terminator brick no that never happened to me actually yeah i know but that's because you, you were smart <laughs> and you made sure that you didn't get baited with a nurgle strat yeah Actually, no, that's that happened to someone. My uh, worst loss at WTC was me getting baited on the Nurgle strat. I like fucking did the stupid Overwatch, and he was like, "So you have no CP?" And I was like, "Yeah." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was real bad. Um, <laughs> then my unit got Thunderfire cannoned. It was a whole thing. Uh, fuck you, Lacey. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, especially once you have like a, a tight friend group who plays the game, and like, it was funny. I was talking with um with my therapist the other day about this and i just kind of glanced over to my second screen and i looked and i was like okay of the 15 facebook chats that i have that i can see at a glance 14 of them are either people that i am friends with because of of, of the game or our group chats for the game yeah oh and so that's the last one it, i think was my mom yeah fair <laughs> uh what seth just said was true like that that game was like fucking like totally oh, that was the that was the possessed bomb, wasn't it? Well, the first activation of that game was us learning 10th, and it was he moved a truck out, so I overwatched it, which meant I had to pack, which meant I had to this to like it was like a fucking 40 step cascading effect that happened, none of which would have been a thing in ninth. And we just looked at each other and were like, Oh, I guess this is our life now. Yeah, it was that was a mess. And then like yeah, yeah like those, the those early games of tenth were something special. Dude, it was a mess. The ten mana possessed got into the mega knob unit. We we're like, oh, this unit's pretty tough. Let's minus one to wound it. Minus one to wounds it. I did forty damage, and we were like, ah, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that yep. was a that was a wild ride. All right, Jordan asks, uh, and Jordan seems to be a newcomer. So yeah, he just joined us four days ago. Thanks for the join. Um, what, if any, was a significant moment in your 40k playing career that you had that light bulb moment or realized you had unlocked something? Uh... I mean, I'll start. Uh, about two and a half years ago when I beat Chris at, in the final round, we were both X and 1 uh, of a major because um, Chris was always the person that I felt that I couldn't beat. Mm. And I had I had occasionally won against him at like RTTs, but like at the GT level, he for the longest time for me was kind of like just up there. And then this time we met round six, and I <laughs> absolutely fucked him. <laughs> I feel like that sometimes. And I'd be like, "All right, I guess this is where I'm at now. Nowhere to go yeah. but up." Um, I don't really have like any given particular moment. I think. What like about the, the first time you beat Sean? 
I mean, that was a big deal, but it was like, I had already like made it right. Like I was like, oh, and 10 into Sean and competitive play, but I was already like on art of war had played in a WTC. Like I had done all the things. I just couldn't fucking beat Sean. And, uh, yeah, I like finally narrowly edged him and was like, aha, I did it. Um, I don't know if I have like a great, like, ah, it's clicked moment. Um, Probably the first time I won a GT. That was pretty cool. Um, that was like the first, like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm learning. This army's broken as shit, but I'm learning. Because uh, that was ye olden Drukari days. Um, I had podiumed a, I had podiumed two super majors before I had won a GT. Hell yeah. Yeah. It was a weird, a weird way of doing that. All right. Um, that one guy, John, asks Anthony and Jeremy, how do you fix the not power level, power level hell we live in? Can we fix it at all, or do we need to keep showing GW how ridiculous this is? I wish they would just go back. Like, this isn't going to be a thing they do in 10th, right? Unlucky. This, this will is... be a next edition thing. If yeah, this is our happen. life for now. But if they could just uh, fucking not, that'd be cool. Like, every time I... So, like, we've been looking at guard a bunch recently, right? As has everybody. And, like, the ability to look at a guard list and be like, all right, I'd put a, you know, I can use extra tank. How much is that? It's 200 fucking 20 points. Because it's got every dib, dab, doodle, fucking nonsense, bullshit, ballistic skill foregun in the game on it. And you're like, can I just not take las cannons and multi-multas and have this thing cost, like, 160? Thanks. Nope. Can I take a tank commander without sponsons? Sure. Just, like anything yeah that shit drives me nuts it's not so much like the stuff that you're not able to take like the unifying of a weapons is annoying or whatever but like the like please just let me take less shit drives me nuts yeah i think that there is a a good ground between like i don't care about plasma pistols or like those dinkly little five point upgrades that sometimes mattered yeah um but it's more than like there should be a difference between and they kind of did this with Tyranids and with Admech to a degree, but like there should be a difference between a unit of Acolyte hybrids that take demo charges and a unit of Acolyte hybrids that take melee weapons. Yeah, pretending those are the same thing is a, a mistake. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, they kind of did it with Tyranids where they're like, here's a warrior sheet that's melee. Here's a warrior sheet that's shooting. Different right. cost. Uh, Admech, here's the two Dragoon data sheets, one that which we just created. Yeah, that one was weird. One that has a very good melee weapon, one that has a very bad gun. Admech. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're stuck in this for 11th and we just kind of have to, you know, we yeah. keep talking about it and keep mentioning how silly it is. Yeah, that's um, our life now. Move on from there. Um, Derek asks, what is NASA's almost joined story? You'll have to ask him. I'm sure he's got a French Foreign Legion story that he could tell you about. <laughs> I don't know, maybe he got drafted into uh, the Algerian yeah. Navy or something. Could have been. Um, Chris, I have no question. Just wanted to say thank you. Say hi after missing catching the show live twice due to travel. Chris, you are appreciated and loved. We miss oh, you. Um, John Johnson has a question for Nathan, but I think this is more a generic one of, is there a Votan archetype taking one to two Hecaton land fortresses that isn't just my RTT has bad terrain, so I won? I've got two of the goofy bricks that I'm dying to make work. Their output is so slot machine. It just makes me wish I had two more sags. Uh, they are just like every time you take one, it could just be two sags. That's my only. Yeah, especially now that sags are 115. It's like it is a one to one replacement. For yeah, them. it's just like just take two, bro. Yeah, I think you could probably like 
the Hecaton sitting back and just being a pain to remove changes how you play the Votan list. It significantly limits your early game pressure, but gives you a little bit more late game pressure because the tank just tends to live. Um, unfortunately, that early game pressure is what usually does very well for Votan. Yeah. Uh, Logan asks, does the Necron Menace feel better to deal with in teams than the Eldari Menace did? Yes, 100%. Yeah. Though... Because Eldari, especially, like, think WTC Eldari. Oh, yeah, sure. You just generally, unless you you just didn't, that, you were like, good luck. Someone just fell on the grenade. Yeah. Whereas right now, it's Necrons. It's like, no, there's probably, like, in, like, the 14 or 15 factions that you can play in teams right now, there's probably half of them have the answer to Necrons in some fashion. I wouldn't go that high. I'd say there's, like, three that, like, comfortably deal with them. But... It depends on the build of the Krons a ton. Like, also true. Yeah. It's better than Eldar was, but yeah. that's a fucking not low good. bar. Yeah. Um, who else is going all in on Kroot? Not me. Not me. Maybe. I look forward to Kroot being announced and Codex Tau being Legends. Oh, that'd be sick. That'd be dope. Just Legends, the Crisis Battlesuit. Yeah, just Legends fucking... Riptide. Never threatens anyone again. Trying to convince Ganyo for weeks that Riptides were good until he finally took one and played one and was like, oh, maybe this thing's all right. And then it went down in the slate was the most frustrating like experience. And by frustrating, I mean funny, because you don't often get to I told you so Ganyo, but I do now. <laughs> uh, does the Tyranid playstyle of spam boarding craft until the capital ships die internally feel thematic or just tedious? I don't... The, dude, I Tyranids make me sad. That book is just a fucking shit show. Like the, yeah, I don't know. I'm glad there. that Tyranid Warriors aren't a menace anymore. The only person that got the memo about 10th being less lethal is the dude that wrote the Tyranids book. And then they just like didn't tell anyone else. And maybe the Admech guy. Yeah, probably. Sad. Um, all right. And then the last question, Sean asks, top three and bottom three factions you can tell someone at GW actually cares about or lack thereof. Top three has uh, got to be like Eldar. Sisters is in there for sure, because for yeah. some reason they always seem to just end up being good. Yeah. Eldar, Sisters. I think Space Marines, because they do care about them. They just don't know what to do with them. I feel like that's probably right. Something in there <laughs> usually works, but it feels like it's not intentional. Because they always get changes. They always get updates. They always get models. Yeah, something happens to them. But they I just guess. miss the mark so often with them. Yeah. Uh, bottom three, Admech for sure is one. I think Admech is very much the one they don't know what to do with, so they just wrote it off. Yeah, it's like Admech, GSC, T Sons. I think is the. Hey, look at that! Three armies that have historically been very, com- very complex that they just don't want to deal with. Yeah, they're just like, eh, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Crossfire? What's that? Yeah, I don't. Oh god, that was such a badly designed rule. It was so bad. All right, I'm going to quickly scroll through chat to see if there are any other questions anyone has. Uh, oh, we didn't do the plugs. If you want to know more about us, go check the links in the doobly-doo below. Um, we do this show every Tuesday night. It's usually less scuffed than this, but life got the better of the other two co-hosts that keep us on track. Um, and then we have other shows. We have X and One, which I 
believe is recording next week. I don't remember. Um, we have Take All Comers, who they are weekly now, so their next show should be in two days' time at some ungodly hour for anyone who is not in the West Coast. I believe it's at 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 Pacific is the planned time for that. You, We also have Enter the Matrix, who they were live last week, so they'll be live again next week talking about teams. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing something right now. We have the meta dashboard. Go check it out. It's where we have all of the lovely stats that we collect and curate every single week. Um, take all comers. I didn't say take all comers. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they're they're in two days at an ungodly hour. I remember that now. <laughs> we also offer coaching. Myself, Ennis, and Typhus all offer coaching for different levels uh, of play. as also for different things. Um, anything from singles to teams to I was actually approached last week by someone who wanted me to give their entire team an overview of how teams works and pairings and all of that. Uh, so that's I've done good. that before. It takes a while. Yeah. They were like an hour. I was like, mm. nope. <laughs> we'll start with the hour and I'll let you and we'll see how far we get. And I know you're going to need more than that. Yeah. Um, we have a Patreon. So if you like the stuff that we do, if you like the work that we do with the meta dashboard, with any of our shows, um, you can join the Patreon at patreon.com slash statcheck. Uh, gives you access to our Discord, which is one of the loveliest places for 40k. Um, it sometimes can get a bit echo chambery, but usually it's just more people talking about cranking hogs with the CK. That channel is an experience. <laughs> it has a life of its own, is all I'm going to say. Yeah, the mods don't go in that one. If you want to talk about <laughs> Chaos Knights, good luck. <laughs> I'm in there every now and then because I want to see what they're coming up with. Um, sure. We have merch. Um, we have... Uh, whole bunch of people that are sponsoring and supporting us now i guess i should actually shout them out we have the red dragon uh, my home store uh hosts amazing events check them out at red-dragon.ca if you are a patron from stat trek you will gain access on the patreon uh to a code that gets you 20 percent off store wide so anything in the store 20 percent off um we have saltire games who is a shop out in scotland uh, i think they might have changed the code but um, check in the doobly doo because the code is down there for a discount off of their their stuff. Uh, AJ is um, who asked one of the questions is very active in our Discord, so he'll be able to help you out if we can't figure it out. Uh, check out WaylandUtani.com. They have um, they make all the amazing terrain that the WTC uses, and they they were gracious enough to sponsor us. I believe that we have Stat Check Five as the as a code for five percent off their all of their terrain, and I'm sure I'm missing something right now. You can get Road State to help to sponsor us. Uh, wouldn't that be a bit of a conflict with Red Dragon? I feel like that would be a. They're both mini stores. I guess they're in different locations, so it's fine. Anyways, uh, yeah. Me. Also, uh, Red Dragon. We recently, in the last couple of months, got in a whole bunch of play mats. Uh, I think that we shipped some down to Rogue State, actually. Yeah, recently. that's true. We have them down there. That's a real thing. There's a bunch of. Yeah, I mean, like anywhere I go, there's gonna be stat check stuff that comes with, right? Like, um, yeah, it's sick. The the mats are dope. Been playing on them a bunch. Not having yep. to put dice out for my deployment zone is uh, good so time. nice. I got so many wonderful comments about that this weekend because it was the yeah. first weekend that we had had a GT with those, and people were just like, "This is amazing." Oh, sorry, second GT, but some of them it was the first time playing on them, and they were just like, "This is amazing." I don't have to like figure out where behind enemy lines is because it's just this line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So check that out. Um, we love and support and just appreciate all of you. Uh, any other questions that people want to get, but I haven't seen any people commenting about that. Um, 
We already answered that one about which weapon is scarier, the Deathwing Knight or Abbey weapon. Um, Paint Celestine asks, what's your opinions on Wolfen being cheaper than Corn Berserkers, Anthony? I mean, one of those armies sucks, so whatever. Like, <laughs> we'll have one of those in our pirate roster, and it isn't fucking Space Wolves. <laughs> Um, to answer the question that people were asking earlier, I was the one that was having dinner because I slept until like 5 30. Yeah. Um, oh, Ben asked where cat cat over there, she's asleep. Yeah, Pickles has finally calmed down. Anthony yeah. was trying very hard to uh to get her out of his face while he while we were getting ready to go live. Yeah, that's true. Um, oh, actually, Simon Harris this is a good question. Um, John ran old one eye and two DAC effects recently. I saw it at WTC2. What are your thoughts on it? It's I a think it's a It's a very good unit in a fairly weak army. Yeah. It's one of the few units in that army that you have to respect. Um, boy, do you have to respect that that unit fucks up custodies. The math on Overwatch for that unit is very funny into custodes, where you just kind of go, so if I move here, I just lose this unit to custodian guard? Yes. Yeah. Not the whole unit. You'll lose like two or three dudes, though. It's not good. <laughs> it, it may as well be dead. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, so the... The combination here is Invasion Fleet, because then you have access to either Sustained Against Infantry or Lethals Against Vehicles, um, usually the Sustained. Uh, you also have a strat that you can make free with the Hive Tarrant to give them crits on fives. Is that um, one a battle tactic? It is a battle tactic. It's only two CP. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but you can only select one unit when you do it, but basically, um, and Old One gives his unit full rerolls. The DAC effects combo has... 24 plus 2d3 blast shots at 721 and then another 10 shots at 501 something like um, that so if you're if it's your shooting phase you strip cover with a with a pyrovore and then just pop the strat for 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 crits on fives and reroll anything that's not a five yeah they fuck you up it's pretty good <laughs> yeah it's uh <laughs> it's it's very scary cuz the math just in overwatch is something like I think it's something like 18 wounds into a custodian guard squad it's like giga funny into vehicles too because if you're like a vehicle heavy army and they have lethals it's just like boo, 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 boo. that's my strength seven what do i have to worry about yeah the uh, uh lethal is crit on fives is regardless of what let me check it real quick i think it's either but yeah that's pretty good okay. also old one eye slams and melee when he has rerolls you just want to keep his homies alive yeah and that's exactly it like he basically is the bully that keeps that unit um alive because also, they have the D6 plus 2 surge whenever they lose wounds. Yeah. The crit 5s, I'm pretty sure, is just melee. It's adrenal surge, isn't it? Uh, that's what I'm looking at now. <laughs> if it's guns, we've been just playing that as worse for free for a while. Sorry, it is fight based. Yep, my bad. No. It is just a melee. Regardless, unit's still really good. Yeah, it goes to show you how often I play against Tyranids. That's right, because they're not very good. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Phil. <laughs> Phil is one of my locals who, who just switched back to Tyranids after suffering with Admac for the last little while. Oh, man, he took a downgrade. What a hero. Uh, Josh E. asked, what do you think of GK and teams? Does it have a specific role? It seems really good. The boys in Enter the Matrix are really high on them. Um, we'll see how it materializes if people take him at Pyra. That's pretty much it. Yeah, no, I'd agree. All right, 
I'm not seeing any other. Okay, Alex Tash just clarified. Uh, Takeo Commerce recording weekends now. I think they're skipping the coming weekend because of an event. Right. Check out on the Discord and they'll let us know what it actually is. Um, we have reached the point where I cannot keep track of every single show. <laughs> all right. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. So thank you all for joining us for this last hour and a half. Uh, bid you all a good night. Anthony, you have anything else to say to the folks? No, that's it. Have a good week, folks. Enjoy your 40K. Good luck. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.